Jesus called us to make disciples. And so that's, uh, we want to try to keep the main thing the main thing. God bless you. Book of Matthew chapter 21. And we're going to begin reading at verse number 18. Say amen when you have it. Matthew 21 and 18 says, Now in the morning as he, as he returned into the city, he hungered. And when he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing thereon but leaves only. And said unto it, Let no fruit grow on thee henceforward forever. And presently the fig tree withered away. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled saying, how soon is the fig tree withered away? And I want to preach to you on this subject this morning, leaves and fruit. Leaves and fruit. Leaves and fruit. Can we say that together? Leaves and fruit. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is anointed. Lord, I desperately need a touch of your spirit this morning so that I might minister to your people from a pure heart, from a clean conscience. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would enable me now to speak to your people, bless your people, edify your people, and encourage your people. And everyone said, Amen. Let's give the Lord one more good hand clap of praise. Amen. Praise God. You may be seated. In our text this morning... We are not only near the closing of Matthew's gospel, we are near the closing of Jesus' earthly ministry. This chapter covers one of the last times that Jesus will ever enter into the city of Jerusalem. On the, on the day that the verse we're reading from took place, Jesus had decided to wake up early that morning and enter the city of Jerusalem one more time but not before eating. The Bible says he hungered. Fortunately, there on the road to the city of Jerusalem, there was a beautiful leafy fig tree. When Jesus got close to the fig tree, he noticed something strange. The tree had leaves, but no fruit. We know that this upset Jesus because he cursed the fig tree. And he said, may no fruit ever come from you again. There are so many questions that arise from this curious cursing of the fig tree. But for the sake of time, I want to focus and preach today from the most obvious question. Why did Jesus curse the fig tree? There are two reasons for this. The first is because Jesus will not tolerate trickery in times of great hunger. If a fig tree has leaves, it's because it has fruit. A fig tree with leaves and without fruit is not normal. This is an abnormality, a freak of nature. And it was enough to provoke Jesus to curse it. We are living in a day and an age of incalculable hunger. And what Jesus will not tolerate is a Christian who will not produce the leaf and the fruit of Christianity. As uncomfortable as this may be, I have to remind us this morning that Christians are being evaluated. According to Jesus, we are being evaluated for the following three 
reasons. Number one, our willingness to do the revealed will of God. In Matthew 7 and 21, Jesus says, Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. I talk to people all year round, not only in this congregation, but from all over the nation. I receive phone calls, not only from people in this congregation, but from all over the nation. And I can't tell you how many of those conversations and phone calls revolve around what is the will of God in my life. But can I tell you that often the same people which are asking what the will of God is for their life are not even doing the revealed will of God in their life. I'm just here to tell you, it is the will of God that you go to church. That amen was a little too small. It is the will of God that you go to church. You do not need to pray about this. You do not need to seek the scriptures about this. You do not. You should not need to be persuaded about this. Away with the attitude that says I can be saved without church. Away with the attitude that says I'm still a Christian even though I don't regularly attend church. Away with the attitude that says I can come once a month and be okay. You are not okay. It is not okay. That is, you you are not doing the revealed will of God. Can I tell you right now that the revealed will of God, if you don't get that right, you ain't going to get nothing else right. If you cannot do the one, two, threes, don't expect God to give you the four, five, six. Honey, I'm telling you, you got to get the basics down first. Church is the will of God. Attendance is the will of God. Somebody said, Pastor, just don't like the fact that it's a little empty. That doesn't bother me one bit. I've been preaching to chairs ever since I started preaching. But it's sad. It is sad. It is sad that people have to be reminded constantly, come to church. I I, want to make a public service announcement right now. And I'm not trying to be rude. And I'm not trying to be condescending. But to everybody 18 and over, if you stop coming to church, I'm not calling you. Everybody 18 and over, I trust you. I believe that you are a competent adult and if you choose I'm just saying we're not going to be playing the pastor never called me the pastor didn't reach out to me honey you're big enough amen you don't say that when you don't say that about your manager at work you didn't say that about your professor at school you didn't say they didn't call me they don't love me they don't you ain't going to do that here either in the name of Jesus you need to be here because you want to do the revealed will of God can I tell you that the revealed will of God is that we tithe and give our offering. That is the revealed will of God. You can you can open up your Bible and see it plainly as the nose on your face. Uh, the Lord says, bring ye the tithe and the offering unto my house that there might be meat in my house, that there might be bread in my house. Amen. Hallelujah. I am so upset about a trend that I see, and I'm, I, it's not just here. It's going on everywhere where you got married couples that decide who's going to tithe and who's not. My wife will tithe, but I won't. I'll tithe, but my wife won't. Listen, when you get married, I don't care if you don't share a checkbook. You both got to give your tithe. Praise God. Or there's still a curse over your house. Amen. Somebody said, I don't believe that. Well, then just keep on walking because that's what the word of the Lord says. That is, it's getting a little tight in here, but I'm preaching to you about the revealed will of God. I'm not talking about something you need a revelation for. I'm not talking about something you need to go on a 40-day fast about. I'm not 
talking about some, oh, it's getting quiet on me, praise God. Looks like I'm preaching right this morning, hallelujah. This is the revealed will of God. This is the revealed will of God. The revealed will of God is that God's people be modest. This is the revealed will of God. The Lord said, be ye holy, for I am holy. The Bible still says it is an abomination for a woman to wear that which pertaineth unto a man. That is the revealed will of God. God said, I don't want you wondering about this. I don't want you thinking about this. I don't want you all tied up and tangled about them shorts you want to put on. I don't want you all tied up and tangled. Amen. Come on, somebody. I'm just telling you the revealed will of God. I would be a coward and I wouldn't be worth a dime. Amen. If I sat here and lied to you and patted you on the back and told you it's all good when in reality it's not all good I, I i'm telling you right now we are being evaluated we are being inspected we are being watched uh, amen by jesus uh, not by the pastor not by the pastor's wife not by the leadership not by the i'm telling you it's jesus that's watching you it is jesus that's watching you it's jesus that has his eyes on you it's jesus that's you're you're hey you know what somebody somebody might be getting uncomfortable let me let, let me edify you let me encourage you being watched now is better than being denied later i'd rather have jesus dealing with me right now i'd rather have jesus dealing with me right now i'd rather have jesus telling me take that off i'd rather have jesus telling me that ain't right i'd rather have jesus telling me you're stealing from me i'd rather have jesus tell me praise god you're not being faithful to me tell me that now while i can correct it because you can't correct it in hell you can't correct it in heaven you got to make those decisions now. Oh, come on. If I could compare this to anything, let me compare it to like a plane flight. You don't get to choose where you're going when you're in the air. Those decisions are made on the ground. You purchase that ticket on the ground. And once that thing goes, you're on for the ride. You have a destination from that point forward. The Bible says that some men's sins go before them. Other men's sins go after them. That is just good old-fashioned King James English for saying God could deal with, with you about it now or later. You make the choice. You make the choice. You. We make the choice. We are being evaluated on our willingness to do the revealed will of God. There are people here today. You are wondering, what is the will of God for my life? Can I encourage you to, to do the revealed will of God first? And don't just do it. Do it well. Do it well. Do it wholeheartedly. Do it with love and with passion for God. Amen. And the perfect will of God will reveal itself to you. We are being evaluated, number two, on our willingness to let Jesus reign over us. In the book of Luke chapter 19, Jesus gives a shocking parable about his own people, not sinners. He compares himself to a prince that leaves this country and tells his citizens, I will come back. I will come back. And while he is gone, the citizens of that country send messengers behind the prince. And when he gets to the other city where he's going, those messengers tell him in Luke 19 and 14, but this, uh, uh, it, we do not want this man to reign over us. 
In fact, the scripture says they hated him. They hated him. They hated him and they told him, you ain't going to reign over us. We know you're real. We know you exist. We feel goosebumps when we throw on the Kirk Franklin in the morning. But you ain't reigning over us. You ain't telling us what to do. You're not telling us what to wear. You're not telling us where to go. You're not telling us what we can and cannot consume and smoke. You're not doing that for us. You're not telling us what we can and cannot do with our bodies. You're not telling us none of that. You will not reign over us. You could be Lord, but not my Lord. Can I tell you that prior to Jesus being crucified, he got all his disciples in a room and I am telling you, I, 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 I remember people used to get uncomfortable with this. You, you can get uncomfortable if you want to. Jesus just about, was just about naked. He, he almost unrobed himself completely. And he started washing his disciples' feet. And then he started drying their feet with the one coat he owned. And as he's drying their feet and washing their feet, he looks up at them and he says, you... Don't you get this wrong. I am your Lord. I am serving you right now. I am washing your feet. I am humbling myself. I, I am being as low as I can be. But don't you get it twisted. And don't you get it all mixed up in your head. I am your Lord. I'm nice. I'm loving. I'm patient. I'm humble. I ride on donkeys. But I am Lord. I am Lord. I have expect you can hate me if you want to, but I'm going to reign over you. And if you don't let me reign over you, amen, you will suffer in judgment. The question that a lot of people have, amen, is why did these citizens hate their Lord? And the scripture tells us why they hated their Lord. It says because before he left, he told them, occupy till I come. In other words, he said, I'm leaving. And you need to work until I come back. There are a lot of people ruining their lives waiting on the rapture. There are a lot of people that think the answer to everything is the rapture. Let me tell you, Jesus saves, not the rapture. It's getting real quiet. Somebody said, I don't believe in the rapture. Go read your Bible. Come back next week. I am telling you right now. There are a lot of people that are ruining their lives waiting on the rapture. There are a lot of good Christians that believe their only job is to not get cooties until Jesus comes. And so they stay as clean as they can. They stay as well behaved as they can. But they don't win a soul. They don't teach a Bible study. They don't regularly attend church. They don't pray every day. They don't read their Bibles. Somebody said we're not saved by work. Honey, those are not works. And even if they were works, amen, the Apostle James tells us, I'll show you my faith by my works. And I'm telling you right now, you cannot be saved apart from faith. And you don't have faith if you don't have works. And so if you want to start talking Bible, we can start talking Bible. But you better just trust me on this one. Amen. Hallelujah. You are to occupy until Jesus comes. You are to get out there. Invite somebody to church. Lift up a brother and sister. Get your hands dirty. Don't worry. God will clean you up. Don't worry. God will help you out. Don't worry. Oh, come on. Let's give the Lord a great hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. It's evaluation time. Come on. Yeah, no, 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 no. 
Oh, let's praise him. Oh, can we lift our hands right now just for a second and pray? Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hey, I understand. There are a lot of people that are, you're not quite to the place yet where you could teach a Bible study. But you are to the place where you could attend one. And everybody here is to the place where you could help bring souls to Jesus. Everybody here is fully capable, is fully capable of bringing someone to church. I, I, I just have to be honest with you. It's not good news if they don't get it. It's not good news. The word gospel means good news. It ain't good news if they don't get it in time. It's just not good news if they don't get it in time. And you don't have to be able to teach a Bible study to tell somebody, hey, you don't, you don't have to be able to teach a Bible study to, to bake your neighbor a pair of cookies, amen, a dozen cookies, and talk to them about the love of God and invite them to church. You don't need to be able to teach a Bible study to find you a niece and a nephew that their mom and dad don't even want them and bring them on down to the house of God. You don't need to be able to teach a Bible study. Praise God. You need, you need to make that, amen, a goal and make plans to meet that goal. Everybody here should be discipled. Everybody here should want to make a disciple. That is our a call as Christians. Hey, somebody said, man, pastor's dragging us today. I'm not dragging you today. I'm trying to get you to pass the evaluation. I want you to pass the test. I want to pass the test. I want to. Oh, come on. Let's magnify Jesus. Amen. I've had, I've had several people in this church, and God bless you. I'm taking you up on it, and you know I will. And I have, some of you. You open your homes, and you say, Pastor, come to our house. Teach a Bible study. This is wonderful. This is beautiful. This is the way we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be moving from house to house. We're supposed to be moving from city to city. We're supposed to be going from Richmond to Pleasanton. We're supposed to be going throughout Alameda. We're supposed to be reaching everybody we can. We're supposed to be, come on, somebody. We're supposed to be knocking doors. Amen. Hallelujah. From Oh, come on somebody. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, let's magnify Jesus. Oh, come on. I feel the Holy Ghost talking to us right now. Oh, Jesus. Oh, let's praise him. Let's praise him. Let's praise him. God is talking to us right now. Hallelujah. 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 I understand. I understand. We're all busy. We all have things to do. But let us not forget. He told us, work until I come. Yes. Work until I come. I promise you, God is my witness. I am not, I am not speaking harder to anybody here today than I, was, than I, than I, than I would be on myself. I, I sat in that corner over there weeping and sobbing and God rebuked me. And I'm just telling you, I teach several Bible studies a week, so I'm not, I'm not up here trying to win points, but I'm just telling you, I am getting rebuked by the Holy Ghost. You are, you are throwing your life away, waiting for the rapture. And with COVID and government and all this stuff, all of us are hoping it comes soon. But all, all of us are also subject to the very real danger 
of just waiting on Jesus. Waiting on Jesus. That is, can, I, can I tell you you, you, you probably will not even believe me, but there are theologians of old, people that have studied these scriptures way more than you and I ever have. Theologians of old that deliberately did not make a big deal about the book of Revelation. Somebody said, we make a big deal about every book. That's true, we really do. But even centuries ago, Early theologians saw that when you start getting fascinated with end time events, the church locks up. The church locks up. There are some people, I'm, I'm tired of it. I really am. I'm sick of it. I, they, all, they, they know about the mark of the beast. They know about Russia. They know about China. They know about microchips. They know about implants. They know about vaccines. They know about this. They know about that, but haven't brought one soul to church. I'm telling you, the only kind of eschatology, the only kind of end time prophecy I'm worried about is the kind that compels people to go knock a door, bake some cookies for their neighbor help a brother and sister out if you're if you're if your interpretation of the book of revelation is not making you teach a bible study your interpretation is all messed up because guess what you ain't going you ain't going nowhere you're going to be as heavy as a lead balloon come the rapture you may not like that but you done showed up to the wrong service i'm a preacher to you there's a whole lot of people throwing their life away just waiting on the rapture throwing their life away waiting on jesus guess what you're not going to be happy when Jesus comes. You're not going to be shouting when Jesus comes. It was the prophets of old that said, woe unto them. Amen. Hallelujah. And on the day of the Lord, you, we, we all think of this as some glorious event. It is, it's not the second appearing of Jesus will be nothing like the first appearing of Jesus. The first appearing of Jesus was angels singing. Amen. Crying out goodwill. Amen. And peace and salvation. It's not going to be like that the second time around. When he comes back, honey, it's not going to be Christmas bells. Amen. Gifts. It's not going to be like that. It's going to be judgment. It's going to be evaluation time. I'm trying to prepare you for what the word of God says. I'm trying to prepare you. Amen. To pass that test. I'm trying to. Oh, come on, somebody. Oh, come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus did not say work until you get so old you can't. Hey, I'll tell you what we do here at East Bay Bible Fellowship. We create departments. We do. We'll have, you know, kids, young marrieds, men's, women's. We even, we, we'll even have, you know, the more mature and, uh, and age saints. We'll even have something for them. But I'll tell you what department we don't have here. The do-nothing department. I'm not, and I'm not getting on armored church saints. I love every single one of you. I thank God for you. I thank God for your faithfulness. But let it, but let, let's be clear. Let's be clear. You can get neutralized by some, some, some quack job preaching. And meanwhile, there's somebody 20 years older than you jumping on a plane going to Africa. You're looking at a, at a, I am telling you, I have preached clear across this nation. And I'm telling you, one of the most embarrassing things I ever saw were pastors that stay in their office while the church goes do outreach. I will not do that. 
I will not do that. That is not a good example. We do not, we do, not do that here. Praise God. We all go. We all go. We all work until Jesus comes. We all work until Jesus comes. I don't care if you tie the dollar or if you tie thousands of dollars. We all work until Jesus comes. We don't even do door knocking around here because you know what I believe? That as is where we are right now, everybody knows enough people. Everybody has enough family. Everybody has enough co-workers. Everybody goes to Target enough to be able to talk to somebody about the love of God. This is the... And I'm not going to assign Christian duty to things that should be Christian lifestyle. Somebody said, oh, man, I really showed up to the wrong service. Come back Wednesday night. It gets better on Wednesdays. You ain't heard me preach on Wednesday. You miss it. We all have to go. We all, we all have to go. You take your kids to go knock doors. You take your kids to Bible study. You, you, you get them in the fight as quickly as you can. You train them in the ways of the Lord as quickly as you can. Amen. Hallelujah. I promise you, I am trying my dead level best to make sure we do not miss a single Sunday school. I want your kids saved. I want your kids praying through. I want your kids, amen, hallelujah, in the fight. Praise God. And maybe nobody's told you, but your, your little princess ain't nobody's little princess. And your little prince ain't nobody's prince. And guess what we're doing upstairs? We're training them for war. We're training them for war. Amen. We're not training them, amen, to sing cute little songs. We're training them to go on their school campus and win souls. We're training them, amen, to go to school and to make an impact on their teacher, on their, come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. We're not just trying to stuff them full of goldfish and cheeses. We're trying to, we're trying to get them ready for the fight. We're trying to get them ready for the fight. Oh, let's lift our hands and pray right now. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, I praise you. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, let's just pray. I'm not going to preach long. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, let's give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. We are being evaluated on our willingness to do the revealed will of God. We are being evaluated on our willingness to let God reign over us. Last, but certainly not least, we are being evaluated on our willingness to harm each other. Again in Luke, Jesus gives us another startling parable about the examination of Christians. In Luke 12 and 45, he says there is a servant who begins telling the other servants, Jesus ain't coming soon. And, and when he convinces them that Jesus ain't coming soon, you know what he starts doing? He starts beating them. He starts hitting them. He starts slapping them. He starts calling them names. And Jesus says, he is a wicked and an evil servant. And when I return, I'm going to let him have it. That's not King James English in case you didn't. No. That's, that's Alameda slang right there. There, as, as, as we near the end times, 
I'm going to say probably the most negative thing you'll hear me say today. The cases of abuses in church will go up. And if we are not careful, East Bay Bible Fellowship, we will, we will succumb to the current of hurting one another. I'm going to tell you what I believe where, where we as a church are probably at greatest risk of hurting each other with the way we talk to one another. We have to watch our tone with one another. We have to watch our choice of words with one another. We have to watch our timing with one another. When you feel like saying it doesn't mean it's the right time. When you get this urge and this impulse to say what's been heavy on your heart and you're not taking into consideration that you've been having a wacky week yourself. You are at great risk of hurting your fellow servants. If you decide to talk to somebody, including me, including me, be mindful of the fact that you've had much longer to think about what you're going to say than the person has to answer. Right? Because we brew over stuff for like a month, a week, two days, three days, whatever your choice is. Some people brew over stuff for all three minutes and then blurt it out. But, but some of us take our time and we think about stuff. And then we confront somebody on the spot and demand some kind of an answer. I am telling you, that is wrong. That is unethical. And you should be happy and okay and content for that person to say, hey, how long have you been thinking about this? Three weeks. I'll get back to you. In three weeks. If it'll avoid a fight, if it'll avoid one servant slapping another, Three weeks it is. I'll see you on the 21st. Y'all get, I, there's a lot of folks getting quiet on me. You don't have to like that. That's good preaching if you've never heard it. I'm just telling you right now, we can't get into the trap of saying, you know what? It doesn't look like Jesus is coming soon anytime. We're already on our ninth coronavirus. Amen. It doesn't look like Jesus is coming by anytime soon. The economies, we're already in our second housing bubble. It doesn't look like Jesus is coming back anytime soon. Amen. North Korea made another missile. It doesn't look like Jesus is coming back anytime soon. They've been preaching that ever since I was little. I'm telling you right now, Jesus is going to come back in an hour, in a minute, in a second when you don't expect it. Praise God. And I don't want to fall into the trap of talking to people crazy, yelling at people. Use it. Come on, somebody. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. And I'm careful. I try to be careful how I preach. I know some of you think I might preach too harsh, but I'm, I'm very careful. Because as your pastor... I'm a pastor, not a cowboy. I'm not here to brand you before you leave. You will not leave East Bay Bible Fellowship. And some of y'all are going to leave. But you will not leave branded a Prado-White. I said this on Wednesday night a few nights ago. I'll say it again. I don't even want to talk to you in my office. 
I'd rather talk to you out here. Too many people think they're in trouble back there. If we go talk, I feel bad asking y'all. Okay, can we go talk back? Because I, I see it on people's face. They're just like, oh, man, I'm going to get branded. It's branding time at the, at the East Bay Bible Fellowship Corral. We're not going to be doing, I'm, I will not be doing that. I will not be doing that. That's, that we, we, are into, we are into cultivating competence, not control. But if you want to be a competent Christian, believe it or not, what, what leads to that competency is not how intelligent you are. It's not how high your IQ is. It's not even how well you speak English. I'll tell you where your competency derives from, from the word of the Lord. That's, that's, that's where competency in the Christian life comes from. Because I know people that are mighty uneducated, and I know people that are mightily educated. But because the bedrock of their thoughts, their ideas, their planning, their goals, their ambitions is not biblical. They are incompetent. And I know people that are as simple as it comes. But the bedrock of all their decisions, the ground beneath their feet is the word of God. And they are, they are highly competent. They move with great sophistication in the spirit. They may not impress anybody. They may not have the nicest clothes. They may not have a degree. Amen. But they are competent in the scriptures. They are fearful of the Lord. They walk with great carefulness around the people of God and the house of God. I'm telling you. I, I want to encourage you, join us in Bible study. Open your house to Bible study. I want to encourage you, get involved in daily Bible reading. Get online, find you a Bible reading program. Read your Bible every day. Read your Bible, meditate on it. Listen to it on the car. Listen to the preaching. Listen to the preaching of the word of God. Become competent. Become upwardly mobile in the things of God. Move, hallelujah, move in the Holy Ghost. Get grounded in scripture. Be led by God. Come Oh, can we just lift our hands right now and pray for a second? Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All these things that we have spoken of are uncomfortable. In fact, they are so uncomfortable that there are entire sectors of Christianity that have made up a lie and said, you can't even lose your salvation. You can't even lose your salvation. Listen, all these parables I just gave you, they are not parables of Jesus judging the sinner. They are parables of Christ returning. And judging his own. Jesus said, if a man not abide in me. That's not, sinners don't abide in Christ. Christians abide in Christ. He said, if a man abideth not in me, the same is cut down. And thrown into the fire. Do not believe anybody that tells you that once you are saved, you are always saved. There, there's not just mountains of scripture against it. The entire Bible is against it. Adam could not sin and eat the tree of life. 
when he decided to do one and not the other, he got kicked out of the garden. And God knew, I know how you little humans are. You'll try to come back up in here and fake saved. So I'm going to put an angel with a flaming sword so you don't think about doing that in my house. We have to embrace the convictions we feel right now. Some of, some of us, all of us, I believe actually everyone here under the sound of my voice, and even online, I believe every single one of us right here at least have one conviction, one little conviction that we're wrestling with right now. I know I do. There was something God just spoke to me the other day about. And you know, you wrestle with God. You think to yourself, man, if this is really you. You're sitting there in a two-hour prayer meeting. If this is really you. <laughs> Never had that thought your whole life. All of a sudden. I'm going to come back pray tomorrow. It's him. It's him. It's him telling you, don't miss church. Don't do that. Let me rule over you. I'll give you a better life than you can give yourself. I'll take care of you, but the bills won't get paid. Lies. But my family will forsake me. Lies. But my husband won't love me. Lies. But my wife will reject me. Lie. Right. My friends won't think I'm cool. True. <laughs> but you ain't being called to be cool. You're being called to Christ. You're being called to Christ. Amen. I hear the word of the Lord say, the bridegroom says, come. The bridegroom says, come. Amen. He's calling you. He's not calling us to be cool. He's not calling us to be socially relevant. He's not relevant. He's not asking us, amen, to be accepted and loved by everybody. He's not asking us to be kosher, amen, with the latest and greatest ideas. He's not asking us to embrace and accept the ways of this world. On the contrary, my friend, he's telling us, amen, to follow him at all costs, at all costs, at the loss of friends, at the loss of popularity, at the loss of finances finances at the loss of all things hallelujah i'm sorry but jesus and christianity is just as radical today as it was in the first century yes it is yes it is and i'm almost done thought i was done you're not, i'm not done you know why jesus cursed that fig tree because it was a distraction It was a distraction. He said, I got a mission to do. And I'm kind of hungry. And so I'm going to step off the road. This is actually, I think, supposed to be a fig tree. I could be wrong. Somebody, don't correct me. Uh, somebody want to shut up. He goes off the course. He takes time out from his mission. And let me tell you something. Jesus was on a punctual schedule. He was on a schedule. 
And now he has to go off because he's seeing this tree that looks like it has fruit. And he goes up to it. And there's nothing. And now he's hangry. That's right. You get, you get extra hungry when you, you go in for the fridge and there's nothing in there. This, this should not be, this, this does not require any kind of high-level thinking here. We, we've, all, we've all opened the refrigerator door only to find out, amen, that there is no food. And you get extra upset, not just because you're hungry and not just because there's no food, but now you have to get up and go to the store. And your schedule is now thrown off. And Jesus says, this tree is a distraction. And if it's this big and this mature with this many leaves, it's been distracting people as they go to the house of God for a long time. Because Jerusalem is where the house of God was. And I'm telling you, Jews came from all over the region to go up to Jerusalem. And that tree got a lot of people. There was a lot of people that were hungry. There was a lot of people looking, amen, for a little bit of uh, refreshing. And they went up to that tree. And that tree, if that tree got Jesus, trust me, it got a whole lot of other folks too. If that tree caught Jesus off guard, trust me, it caught a lot of other people off guard. And Jesus said, enough of this. He said, I curse you. The Bible says that actually the next day when the disciples came back that thing was cursed from the roots up hey I'm just telling you right now Jesus is not fond of distractions and we shouldn't be either Jesus curses distractions Jesus says if if you distract me from my purpose from God's plan for my life if you distract me from going up to Jerusalem, if you distract me from my time of prayer, I'm cursing you. I'm cursing you. I don't care how many followers I have, I'm cursing you. I don't care who just DM'd me, I'm cursing you. I don't care who just hit like, I'm cursing you. Getting quiet, praise God. Hey, this morning, you could ask my wife. My wife will tell you, 8.30, ding, ding, ding. My phone started dinging. There, there are people that I, it wasn't nobody here. There, there, there are people, and it's nobody that's coming at 2 o'clock either. But there, there are people, there are people that will try to distract you as you go up to Jerusalem. Saint of God, you listen to me. There's just some days you let it ring on Sunday. And if we have some good church, amen, when you get home, let it ring too. Because you know, you should know by now, saint of God, there's some people that wait until church is over to call you. They know you go at 11 and they call you at 1 to ruin your whole day. You, you just let it ring on Sunday. I said just let it ring on Sunday. Hey, and I'm just telling you, hey, give God, give God some time. Come Sunday, put Instagram away. Come Sunday, put Facebook away. You don't got to check it before. You can check it after, check it before you go to sleep, do your little thing. But hey, 
How about as you go up to Jerusalem, you just keep going up to Jerusalem? How about as you're going up to Jerusalem, you don't get off the beaten path to check something that... Hey, guess what? A lot of those distractions never deliver what they promise anyways. Social media says, hey, come this way. I'll give you friends. I'll give you acceptance. I'll give you popularity. You pull up to that tree. And it doesn't give you any such things. You end up mad at people. Some of y'all got mad at somebody today's, somebody's post today. You get mad at people. You start messaging Gavin Newsom. He ain't checking your... I laugh at all the people. I laugh, I'm telling you, I laugh. Even if it's y'all, I laugh. When y'all be posting stuff, on president's pages and stuff. He ain't, he ain't reading your stuff. He, you can, you hashtag, he don't know you. He's not thinking, oh, look at this. Lucy from Alameda doesn't like me. Better change my policies. You are kidding yourself. You, I'm telling you, don't get distracted on the way up to Jerusalem. Get you to the house of God and get you fed. Get you fed. So, Psalms 119, 148. Mine eyes prevent the night watches that I might meditate in thy word. Another translation says it this way. I lie awake at night thinking about your promises. David did not let anything come between him and his love for God. Not even sleep. Not even sleep. He said, I'm so enraptured. I'm so in love. I'm so enamored with what God might do in my life that I can't sleep at night. Though, I don't even have time to go into this, but those watches, those night watches, were act, those are military terms because there was military guards that they would watch through the night over their, their, you know, over their, their, their castles, whatever, they, and they broke up the night into three watches. There was three watches. Of the, I'm not going to go into it. There was three watches of the night. Somebody would come at 12 to 3, you know, whatever, and David said, I prevent, my eyes prevent the night watches. What, what that means, what that means is I actually wake up a little bit before these three watches. David's saying, man, I love this more than, I'm more alert than soldiers. This is, this is, this keeps me up at night. 
thinking about what God is doing in my life, thinking about what God might do in the life of my children, thinking about what God can do in my marriage, thinking about what God can do with my health, thinking about what God can do with my finances, thinking about what God can do with my living situation, thinking, come on, hallelujah, some of you are doing the reverse, we've all done it, where we're thinking about what the devil might do with our finances, thinking about what life might do with our health, thinking about what life might do with our living situation, hey, I'm telling you right now, you ought to get to the point where nothing is distracting you from God. You're so focused on God. You're not up worrying at night. You're up excited at night. You're thinking, man, God's going to do something. I know this is kind of weird, but I woke up today at 3 a.m. thinking about the goodness of God. I woke up this morning at 3 a.m. Didn't scroll through Facebook. Didn't check who's hit me up. Didn't check who hit like. I'm checking up on the word of God because I just had a dream. God just spoke to me. I'm up. My eyes prevent the night watches. Praise God. I'm up early. Praise God. Excited about what God might do in my life. Come on. Hallelujah. Let's give Jesus a great one.